0: Welcome to the Transformational Travel Podcast, bringing you inspiring stories of life-changing travel experiences from around the world. Now here's your host, Transformational Retreat Leader, Ann Gordon.
1: Welcome to another episode of Transformational Travel. I am your host, Ann Gordon, and I am super excited today we have with us somebody very special who is in the UK. She is a travel journalist and broadcaster for over 30 years for the BBC. And she and she's an award-winning broadcaster journalist and a best-selling author of a number of books and novels. Welcome Sarah Tucker.
2: Welcome, Anne. Well, hello. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm so, it's so funny. I'm so used to saying welcome. I'm so used to being the interviewer. So so please forgive me <laughs> if I start asking you questions. But thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for having me.
1: You're welcome. It's a real honor to have you. And I, I know what that's like. So we can have this be a dialogue. It doesn't have to be just me asking you questions. It can be fun. All right. So you have years of travel and as a journalist, you are trained to see it a little differently than just somebody experiencing the travel for themselves. So if you can share with us a little bit about how, how is it when you are traveling or talking to someone about their travels, what is it that you are looking for?
2: I think With my traveling, I did a lot of my traveling for radio before I started to work in television. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was working for radio stations, Classic FM, and I produced and presented a a travel series on a radio station called Jazz FM. Mm -hmm. And um, specifically with Classic FM, it was an extremely good discipline because I was one of the reporters, and as I was one of the younger ones, Um, Other reporters used to get the spas and um, the cultural trips and I used to get the bungee jumping and the potholing and the skydiving and anything where it was remotely dangerous, um, I used to get it. And um, the discipline we had is that wherever we went, whether it was to Paris or to Peru or, as I said, mentioned skydiving or uh, skinny dipping or whatever whatever it was, um, we had three minutes maximum to encapsulate a place. So it's a bit like saying, "Write about France in 600 words. Wow. So first of all, you have to identify a theme, uh, something that's relevant to, um, the audience, Mm -hmm. uh, something that they will find interesting. So for example, I was, um, asked to go to Paris and, um, again, I had three minutes to talk about Paris, to encapsulate Paris. And, and, uh, it's, it is one of those places where people are extremely passionate, um, Mm -hmm about everything you know know, from uh, from food to architecture it's you know I've interviewed quite a few architects in my time and when I usually ask them you know what is your favorite city Mm -hmm. and they always mention Paris because architecturally they say it is exquisite now I don't have an architect's eye but it does every time I go there now and every time I go to visit a city I do look at the architecture and I, I wonder what makes this place exquisite compared to another. Why didn't they say Rome or Florence or, or mm. you know, some of the other exquisite, you know, Vienna, but they always say Paris. And, and I think it's because it's the symmetry, the use of height, the use of light um and and the fact that size doesn't matter so um they've got the the villages within within the city and Mm -hmm. they're all absolutely beautiful so for example when i was in paris i chose to look at the squares they have you know that just like every every place have these these communities within the squares you we have them in london um they're all very different they all have a history and one of the squares was um uh uh monsieur Eiffel who um designed the suspender belt and the Eiffel Tower um uh which have a sort of they actually do look quite similar mm-hmm. um he helped design this particular square in Paris and so I I was able to introduce geography with design um with a bit of I suppose titillation about the sort of like the suspender belt and 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 it it caught everybody's imagination and usually when i'm interviewing somebody um i usually in three minutes you're interviewing about three people maximum occasionally four if 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 you've got a little bit more time Mm -hmm. but usually three people and you want people who are not tour guides so not necessarily people who know everything about the place Mm -hmm. which can come across as very monotone and actually quite dull you want someone who knows something about something specific and is terribly passionate either very angry or very upset um just very very emotional in their voice and and I think especially with radio you're I think it's there's the empirical evidence to prove that with television it's all about what you look like then it's about how you sound and then it's about what you say with radio it's it is very much how you sound so your accent and then a lot more of it is about what you say and it's very intimate so when you're listening to somebody who's very passionate about something who can make something quite simple that you know nothing about um draw you in it's it's wonderful and it was uh, it's actually compared to each media television radio and print probably radio interests me the most because um, it has that intimacy um, and uh, you feel as a as a listener I must admit when I'm listening into a podcast or a radio station and someone is talking about something it completely draws you in um, in a way that Unless you're you're reading a, a really good writer, a really good author, or a program, and it's usually those programs where you've got a a story being told, and there's just a you know a, a blank screen and just a face peering out at you, talking to you intimately. Nothing draws you in like radio does.
1: I love that, and I think it's the difference is in radio. There, you feel like they're talking to you. Whereas on TV, they're talking at you. And that's a huge difference as how we receive it. And I also want to comment on when you're, you, you have, you're assigned, say, to talk to architects about a city or what city is important to them. It's, I, I see that it has brought about in you a whole new way to experience a new location. You're seeing it through their eyes and it's probably bringing something out that sure you'd notice the amazing buildings but not in that architectural view of it and what makes it so unique so that is is really incredible and and so part it sounds like part of what you do is give this whole new perspective of perceiving a place in three minutes or less you know so and that could be quite a challenge I would imagine to bring this shift the perspective in
2: that short of time very much so and at the moment I'm just working on the um, authorized biography of the physician and psychologist Edward de bono and he was famous for coining the phrase lateral thinking and creating thinking tools that um help people to be creative and one of them is to realize that perceptual thinking is what it's all about and to take on other people's point of views because when you take on other people's point of views it becomes much more, much more interesting. Um, And, uh, you know, always, whoever I've worked for or worked with, they've understood, you know, with with television, obviously, uh, you know, if you're young and fit, they're, they're going to put you in a position where you can do something more adventurous usually it's a bit of a cliche but they usually do um and with radio even though there's not a visual thing they probably will do that because they feel that you can um experience more so consequently um share more but i feel that um when i'm uh when i'm traveling to destinations. I realize my experience is is, is my experience. It's very subjective. I'm not writing or I'm not producing a travel guide. I'm 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 producing a travel narrative. It's it's my experience, like so many people, millions of people have traveled from London to Paris or from London to Sydney and Sydney to London. So, so, and everyone will sort of like know that journey, what to expect. But every journey is. Utterly unique because the person is taking it. So you've got these guidelines, but this is why you know people. Are, I remember once I was talking at a at a travel show, an exhibition, and I was talking about my travels, and I'm very passionate. I've been very blessed and fortunate to travel extensively, and and also even more fortunate to be able to travel with my son since he was a bump I suppose you know mm-hmm. he's um he's 22 um in a couple of weeks time so um and and he has experienced an awful lot with me um but I have uh, been aware when I've written about um my travels and t- talked about my travels um how uh, i'm I'm enthusiastic. everything is wonderful. And I remember one lady coming up to me at the end, and um she said to me, um how do you get so passionate? Why, you know, sort of how do you get that passionate? And I'm, I'm thinking, Oh, I don't know. Have you ever gone out with someone? <laughs> you know, it's sort of, it's a really <laughs> odd question to have. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, when, when you meet the right person, you will know, you will, you'll find out, you'll identify with it. But there's, I, I am, I, I think I am a very enthusiastic person. I'm incredibly curious. You know, before we came on air, I was saying that one of the essays I at the moment, I'm studying at uh, Cambridge University, I'm doing a doctorate and um, it's to do, part of it, some of it is to do with travel. Um, but um, a lot of, one. what we've been asked is, which book influenced us as a child? And a lot of my peers were influenced, especially my female peers, were, in, were influenced by Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. And I always thought of those characters as glamorous victims who were very happy to be in stasis and, and be rescued by a man. And I've never been like that. You know, with Tarzan and Jane, I always wanted to be Tarzan. I want to be a female version of Tarzan, but I wanted to be the one that went out and did things and I'm I'm Alice in Wonderland. I will go further down that rabbit hole, and and I'm very curious, and and I am fascinating. I've met an awful lot of Mad Hatters and angry Queen of Hearts, and and um, weepy, um, self indulgent Dormouse. You know, Dormice. So I've I've met. All of those characters in Alice in Wonderland. I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of listeners have as well. And it just made me smile because in Alice in Wonderland, at one point, she does say, This adventure is in, you know, what the fact, this adventure is credible. I must write a book about it. And I've written about seven books, you know, it, so it's interesting what, what influences you as a child. And I think when I was taking my son um, with me, I wanted to give him a lot of different role models, a lot of different perspectives, not just the ones that he, he had while at home. You know, we traveled a lot to Canada. We were in the wilderness. Um, he, we went to India, he went tiger trekking in India, which was a fascinating experience. Um, cause we saw a young male tiger, um, in the wild. And this young male tiger was staring at my son who was actually people who interested in. Um, uh, eastern philosophy he was born in the year of the tiger so my young male tiger was staring at another young male tiger and it was quite you know tigers their eyes are human um someone who knows who's a, a zookeeper that I know well said that you know the thing with lions you can distract lions but tigers they will eat you <laughs> so I was looking at this young male tiger thinking I know you look human, but if you touch my son, I, you know, <laughs> but, um, so, so I've, I've always, when I've traveled, I have been, I've never lost my curiosity. It's, it's actually increased my curiosity and always my, um, appreciation of how fortunate I am and how much I can learn from the experience as well. Beautiful.
1: I I love that. And it's great advice for our listeners that when we travel, we travel from the perspective of curiosity from that place. And, and it kind of just when you do travel, it automatically inspires curiosity because everything is new and different. Or even if you've traveled someplace you've been before, you see it, you can see it in a whole new way. So we are going to actually take a quick break and come right back. We're going to hear from our sponsor, and then we're going to come back and hear more travel stories with Sarah. So we'll be right back.
0: This episode of Transformational Travel is brought to you by Whale and Dolphin Wisdom Retreats. Immerse yourself in the healing energies and connect eye to eye, heart to heart with wild dolphins and whales in Hawaii, Bimini, Mexico, Panama, French Polynesia, and more. Begin your journey at whalewisdomretreats.com.
1: We are back and I have some questions for our guests. So, so Sarah, as you were talking before the break, you were there was a couple things on my mind and one question is if you could give some advice to travelers or people who are new at traveling, what would you tell them as to, to get the most out of the experience? Oh,
2: <laughs> good question. I th- I think the first thing I'd say is become a travel journalist. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> become a travel journalist, really, because it is... It is It is the best way to travel in the sense that you have to be an observer. You learn to observe rather than judge. You have to talk to the locals. That's why, as I I mentioned before, I love radio journalism because – Uh, Sometimes I travel mostly by myself. Sometimes I travel with other journalists and I can see with the newspaper and magazine journalists, they can be lazy. They can be lazy. They Mm -hmm. can take the material, they can write stuff down um, and they can listen or they can switch off. With me as a radio journalist, I'm always looking out for sounds, um, interesting voices, interesting stories. And also you've got to be very much um awake getting the person at the at the right time like i remember i was in in um prince edward island which is off the atlantic coast of canada and um it's an interesting place famous for anne of green gables and lots of japanese tourists and it's potatoes and they have um they they are very proud of the potatoes they have a potato museum there with a a 10 foot polystyrene potato outside this oh potato museum it is a very eccentric place but anyway they have this special potato machine and I remember sort of like which which collects all the potatoes and it makes a really odd noise the sort of noise that I suppose Roald Dahl would love for one of his books and I think I must record that so at one point I, I asked my guide to stop and I was running up and down this field after this farmer in this potato machine recording this this um sound because it was just so it was absolutely brilliant um, other other experiences, um, I um, you know I, I mentioned and about sort of like traveling. I think it's always therefore to remember not just what you see, but what you hear mm. and and what you smell as well. Um, there's a lot of television programs on the moment which are presented by celebrities who may or may not like the places they visit, I don't know. I think a lot of them, you know, sometimes the celebrity, the the destination and the journey is just a backdrop to their ego, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why, you know, the likes of Sir David Ashenborough are really good because he's not a travel journalist, but you discover so much more about the place, the wilderness, the people of the place, because he... Yes, I understand why people want him there, but he really knows his stuff. He's not there to sell himself; he's there mm-hmm. to sell his message and and to sell what is around him. That's why it's it's so important. Um, but I, with with the experiences I've had, I, I've you know I've I have um, as a journalist. I'm usually I have a very short period of time when I go to places and I have to meet. Um, people who tell me lots of different things, which will hopefully interest lots of different people, hopefully, who will be my target audience. So getting back to your original question, you don't have to be a journalist or you don't have to be a blogger. But ideally, identify what you want. If you just want a holiday, then a sun sand and sea holiday is fine because you're just going to sit on the beach and you're going to just chill. And that's fine. That's lovely. Um, but if you want an experience, go with the mindset of a journalist of, of what, what is it, what is it that does it for you? Like some mm-hmm. people love cities, but cities you've got dirt, you've got edge, you've got, you've got traffic jams Um But you've got that interesting culture and people, some people need that. You know, some people find the countryside dull. Some people love the countryside. They love the wilderness. They love to explore. They love the the idea that around the corner they, they could confront a bear for goodness sake you know it's sort of like and and I have confronted a bear fortunately I wasn't I wasn't apart from the bear between the bear and the and the cubs that is a very very dangerous yes. uh, da- yeah. dangerous thing but you know that that is good if you're if you're um you know you're you're quite um narrow in what you eat try other things if you've got children who are quite fussy try other things like my son he is not a fussy eater because he's eaten on our travels he's tried everything he's he's eaten bugs he's you know we were in Australia I think in Fraser Island and um and uh you know we went um Uh, dune surfing and did lots and lots of different things and we had um we tried lots of things that they certainly wouldn't serve um well certainly then in in restaurants in london so Mm -hmm. just think not only uh about asking lots of questions like meeting the locals um and finding out more but also try genuinely trying out out different foods and i know it's been talked about before but when when you go with that sort of mindset, usually I must admit, what well, I've always travelled. I'm, I'm a single mother, and I and I find uh, I wrote a book called "Have Toddler Will Travel," and I uh, did research quite a bit of research for that. And when you travel as a single parent, it's the one good time, really good time to be a single parent because mm-hmm. there's just you and the child and you can concentrate on the child you're not sharing your your attention to the husband or the wife and the child or to you know you there's just you and the child and i um a lot of the people i spoke to just recommended um if you've got two children you know taking um, a child at a time so that you've got you know, the father can take one child, and the mother can take another child. I I don't know how practical, or you know, of the or, or you, that. There's very much up to the family, but to mm-hmm. get the most from that experience, a real bonding experience, um, that's a you know that I think that's rather a, a an original idea. I love that, and I think
1: that you can boil it all down to one word, and that is is be a participant in the, in wherever you are traveling to, not just the observer. And we, yes, we don't all have to, we're not all going to be travel journalists. However, go with that mindset of a journalist. And I've said this in in previous episodes, if you can get out and talk to the locals, and I loved earlier when you talked about Meeting somebody who's passionate and has an opinion about something, whether it's a it's a really positive or a negative, you're you're really feeling the lifeblood of that area. And even if you don't speak the language, just just learn a few words and try or find somebody who can who can translate for you so that you can really see it. And I love that you brought up the other senses. It's not just about, seeing but smelling and hearing and feeling the experience in every and tasting every way and and I gotta you, you were talking about eating different things I gotta share I I don't know if you know this but I married a man from an indigenous tribe in Panama who live way out in the rainforest as they have forever and wow, I, yeah it was amazing and no electricity so I learned really quickly that they're not going to understand when I say I'm a vegetarian. They don't get that. And so, <laughs> so I learned really quickly that I ate whatever I was given and was grateful for it because there's not another option. You know, I can't say, well, what else can I go make a peanut butter sandwich? Because there isn't any.
2: What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? And what's well, so I always get asked this question. So I'm asking you, I know the weirdest okay. thing that I've been offered, but what's the weirdest thing you have ever eaten? Well, it's not
1: super, super weird. But it was, it was strange. And that was, I remember one morning, my father-in-law, who is, who's a character and he, he was so proud and so excited to give me my first iguana egg.
0: Wow. That (laughs) is unusual. That is unusual.
1: It's weird. And so he gave it to me and it was, it was boiled, hard boiled. And he gave it to me and it's, it's not, it's about the size of a quail egg or maybe even a little smaller. But reptile eggs are, they're not hard shelled. It's a very leathery, soft shell. So you kind of have to pull it apart with your fingers and peel that leathery shell off. And then you pop it into your mouth. And it was the strangest taste. I can't even tell you what it was like. It's like nothing else. And my mouth, I, I have an American mouth and we tend to eat a lot of sweet things at breakfast. And this was breakfast and my stomach, my tongue could not really handle that taste for breakfast. It would have been a much better <laughs> lunch or dinner taste. And so I ate it and it was like it was' horrible. And then he he said, "Do you want another one?" And I kind of, I didn't want to offend him because he was so excited and I said, you know, it's not bad but I think you'll appreciate it more than I will so go ahead you have it and he wow. laughed no, that, at me that's that's
2: that is that is unusual um I I think the weirdest thing I've ever been offered is um baby camel and its mother's milk in Tunisia and wow. I and I I politely declined because I think that the I, I just thought i'm sure it's a delicacy but uh, 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 i I've, e- I've eaten bugs and you know the, the usual but i um and um i uh, i have occasionally been asked it's interesting you said you're a vegetarian i i have over the past year become um vegetarian and and i i well i say vegetarian i do occasionally eat fish but it, it is mm-hmm. vegetarian now and um often when i sent away and they they say oh this is like a foodie and i'm a uh, foodie trip and i'm thinking you're wasting your time on me unless it's something i'm afraid you know my my son he does very well because when we do foodie trips he does all the you know he does all the the best the best things mm-hmm. um, but i um that that was so it's never it's always i think the things that always move me are it's when i'm surprised like i i'll, I'll tell you one other story i was in um Senegal and it's a beautiful place it's a sort of french colony and it's got some dark history and some some light history as well and we had um well some 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 happier history too and we um uh it was a very very intensive trip sometimes when i go on trips the organizers just uh basically i get up at 6 and i go to bed at midnight you know it's like bang 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 very very quick interviewing Mm -hmm. this person going here doing this seeing that um like skiing for half a day then going tobogganing for an hour after that and then going um skinny you know sort of like swimming for an hour after that it's all all very 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 quick Mm -hmm. and um I uh we had a half day off and they said, "Oh, and um, would you like to go to see a church service um, uh, this morning, or the other alternatives? You can lie on the beach for a couple of hours." And all the other journalists said, "We'll do the beach. We'll do the beach." Mm-hmm. And I, and they said, "Well, it, it could be interesting music. You know, so, and the singing could be good." And I was, I was doing stuff for radio, and I was thinking. Okay, I'll get up. <laughs> I was sort of like okay, that's fine i'll get I'll get up so got up at, got up at six, went into the back of this um van, and that, uh, another journalist came with me. He wasn't a radio journalist, but was just intrigued by it. and we sat in the back of the van they didn't have any suspension and mm-hmm. and uh, you know all the time while I was in there, I was thinking I could be on a beach now, I could be on in, in a bed, <laughs> I could be on a beach or on a bed I could be in, and we eventually stopped and it opened, and we were in the middle of nowhere absolutely nowhere we had it was sandal line completely flat horizon trees you know it was something out of walkabout you know with jenny, jenny agata um that film it was just and there was a church there was a church right in the middle of nowhere and there were people outside a few people outside and so we went over and we i looked around and out of literally the horizon the flat horizon these people were coming towards us dressed in sunday best they, were, they it was it was something completely surreal so, sunday best coming coming out from all different areas to this church lined up and we went into the church beautiful little church and then we all sat down and there these musicians came in with sitars and drums you know african instruments right and they came mm-hmm. in and they they stood at the they stood at the front and then a choir came in just a small choir of about sort of like 6 7 people and they sang gregorian chants with these african instruments and oh. i'm still i'm going cold now and getting goosebumps me too it was the most <laughs> haunting sounds, you know, I think possibly whale singing is, is inc- ph- phenomenal. It gives you that, that, mm-hmm. um, incredible feeling, but it was the most, and I just turned my recorder on and I did not turn it off. There's, there's some moments when you're, you go that extra mile literally and you get up. And this is why I'm saying, you know, yes, if you're mm. happy, if you want a beach, sun, sand, sea holiday, fine. But there is so much out there. If you're just curious, have the courage and 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 it's it's something that you know happened about 20 25 years ago now and i remember being haunted by that that sound that african because mm. africa really gets it's a very earthy primeval sound and it's one mm-hmm. of those continents where i when i i come back and um I, I, whether it's for radio or television, or I write something down. I always write poetry when I send snap for my my editor. My editors always come back you know to me and say you like this place didn't you Sarah because you wrote a poem poem <laughs> and we can't publish a poem but you obviously liked it so we'll see if we can put it into the conventional narrative but I you know poetry transcends if you have to write a song or a poem about a place that you visited that's when it's got to you it's mm. really got to you and it's done you good it's 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 not just a place you visited, it's a place that has healed you in some mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I feel. I think travel can be very healing. I wrote a book called The A to Zen of Travel. Um Uh, Not so long ago, um, because I felt that people were travelling for the wrong reasons, and they should travel to get rid of their emotional baggage. So, you know, if they've got anger management issues, you know, don't go to a city because it will just make it worse. And Mm -hmm. if you're lonely, don't go to a city. Go to somewhere like the Yukon, a wilderness. You know, if you if you're heartbroken, go to a place that's that's if you like has got Bigger stuff than yours I always mm-hmm. think Going to somewhere like Shanghai Or or Beijing um, Their history is so rich So tragic So deep So complex um, It puts your stuff into perspective and I think that is what um, traveling can do not just put your decision making into perspective and and identifying what is you know what is wealthy and what is poor but also put your emotions your own well-being into perspective too
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. And I, I love your story of going to this church when really you, of course, yes, we all love to go hang out and play on the beach and, and sit in the sun, especially when you've been going, 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 but travel gives us the opportunity to explore places and experiences that we would never, ever have. And we had a, I had a similar story. We were, I lead a retreat every year to Mexico and Baja where we hang out with the gray whales and do a day with the blue whales. And the tour company that I've used for years there has always said, oh, you've got to do the mission trip, do the mission trip. And it never called to me. And we're like, no, we're not really interested. We just, we're all about the whales. And one year it was too windy to go out on with the blue whales. And they said, well, we're like, what else can we do? They said, do the mission trip, you'll love it. And we're like, yeah, okay, okay so we went and it turned out to be the most amazing experience and we started right in the town square and there was this this little government building on the square that i never went in in years before and it turns out there's this incredible hand painted mural with this warrior goddess calafia which is what california is named after and her whole story and that was just the beginning of a series of magical experiences and the funny part is the whole trip was called the mission trip the mission was the most (laughs) uninteresting part of the whole day we ended up behind the mission there's this 500 year old olive tree and we all walked back there to check it out. And we all climbed into it of all ages and climbed up this tree and had this very beautiful connection with this olive tree. We all just felt so held and just this amazing experience that I still treasure today.
2: Isn't that had- wonderful? is that wonderful? I I, I had I, I was not not quite. That because i, I always th- i've got a thing about trees i've got a thing about trees so you've mentioned nice. trees so you've got me off on one here i remember <laughs> i went to vancouver island and again it was usually as i said i go by myself but i this time i went with a group of international journalists and they're always very interesting because you've got all different international perspectives coming into it mm-hmm. and and um um, and the first day we were there, we went through, there's some fabulous, phenomenal wilderness there, huge sequoias. And so first thing I do, and I know you would do it as well, Anne, I hugged I hugged the tree and I looked up, you know, legs up against the tree, the usual, the whole tree hugging thing and sort of like listening. And all the other journalists, some of whom are quite cynical, you know, sort of looking at me as I was potty. By the fourth day, I got them all tree hugging. They were all nice. tree hugging just like me. So, you know, it. it is, it is, it is um intoxicating and it is catching. Enthusiasm is 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 catching. Um and um, you know, I, I feel that a lot of my the 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 best. The best trips that I've done have involved wilderness. You know what you do mm-hmm. with the whales. It's you know it is it just draws you in, um, and also d- not just sort of like ocean ocean um, exploration, but it, even something like I I went um, to a ranch, home place ranch, which is just outside Calgary. Um, it's owned by a sort of like um, a guy called Mac McKenney who is a um, He's a John Wayne of a character. So you think about it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I remember he, he, you know, he said to me in his very sardonic way when I first met him, you know, the secrets of happiness. Do you know what the secret of happiness is? You know, which is a biggie. You know, sort of yes, first stage. Yes. Oh, okay, right, okay. Um, Uh, square four you know three square meals a day no no it's um some someone to love something to look forward to and something to do so something to do someone to love and something to look forward to I think that's Mm -hmm. pretty cool um and I said well how are guests with the horses and um he looked at me and he said well he said um he said the uh he said the English talk to their horses more than they do to each other which is true (laughs) which is true he -hmm. said the french considering the french eat horse they're actually very good with them okay (laughs) he said the only he said now this is possibly a bit controversial he said the only nationality he's ever had to ask to get off the horse and walk back because they were using the whip and the spurs too much Mm. were germans Wow, interesting yeah interesting isn't it that he didn't say Mm -hmm. anything about australian so i don't but he was he was so i was talking about um those um and i and i like people when i go on trips i like people who i can tell like animals more than they do like people (laughs) there was another guy again this was in canada i'm sorry i'm mentioning a lot of canada canadian stuff but i I do i must admit i do love canada Mm -hmm. and i've done stuff for the discovery channel um for it as well um but i remember there was a couple an english couple who'd tourists who had gone to um uh I think it was the Algonquin or possibly um in the in the Yukon but they'd they'd been eaten by a bear and Mm -hmm. and I'd been sent over there to say actually it's really really safe now because you you won't get eaten by a bear but Mm -hmm. I, I I interviewed this park ranger and I said, oh, well, you know, the national parks there are not like the parks that we have in the UK. They are real wildernesses. Mm-hmm. And and I said, wouldn't it be better if you had more paths? And and this guy was um, not a very good person to interview for radio because it was always very monosyllabic. So I had to uh-huh. try and really engineer the questions to be as open as possible. Mm-hmm. And he went, nope. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, right, okay. I said, so, um, but you know, some, you know, an English couple, a couple got eaten and actually the woman was pregnant. So it was a, you know, and he said, he said, yeah, I know. And I said, so, but you know, that it's really, it's not very good for tourism. And he said, well, we direct them where to go. And we tell them that they were, they're the bears. Um, and, and, and also if we, have more paths, it will damage the wildlife and I said, but yes, but tourists are getting you don't want the tourists to get eaten, and mm-hmm. I'll never forget his answer. He said, the bears were here first right the bears were here first, and I like that mm-hmm. I like that answer. The animals were here first. We are just we came second. Yep. So you you suck it and see. We in, and and this is when en- anyone wants luxury accommodation in the middle of a jungle or Ugh, of a forest, yes. or you know they want luxury accommodation. The the slugs and the snakes and the spiders were there first. you are the one who's the alien. They're not, you are. Suck it up, you know, just suck (laughs) suck it up. Um, You know, leave your ego at home when you travel. It's really the best thing you can do.
1: I love that. And I have said that for years. I I used to, you talked about tigers earlier. I used to train tigers and wild animals and I'd go out and do school educational outreach programs to teach a respect for wildlife. And I always tried to put it in that perspective. It's like, we are in their home it's like would you walk into somebody's house and throw garbage all over their living room well of course not but that's what you're doing when you litter because you're throwing garbage in the living room of these of the wildlife so i i love that it's it's so true and we could go on and on and on with your stories and i wanted to ask more about your son but we're running out of time so if you're up for it, I'd love to have you back in the future. On I, would another... love to.
2: Yeah, I, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to. Tom is actually, as I said, he's studying geography at the moment. He's in his last year um and he wants to be an actor and he was mm. he's a very good actor but I I think he's he's a very good traveler I, I would say without doubt he's the best traveling companion I could have ever asked for and I have absolutely loved sharing my experiences with him um you know uh, much better than a boyfriend when you sweat, when you share it with a boyfriend you're in the bedroom all the time so you see absolutely nothing <laughs> right. well you know but I'm yes. sort of I'm a bigger a bit facetious there but it's true. You know. <laughs> yes. so, um, um well if 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 you're if you've got a good relationship that is if you've got a bad one you probably see lots of stuff but um no he's he's fabulous tom is fabulous so but thank you very much for having me on ann you are so welcome and yeah i want to i want to we'll do a whole episode
1: on traveling with your child and how that that transforms the relationship in the future in before we let you go tell us a little bit about your books
2: and how people can find them well, um I'll i t- I'll tell you I'll tell you about um I'll tell you about uh, three books. Um first first of all, the first book is um one I mentioned earlier, the A to Zen of Travel. You can get mm-hmm. it in bookshops, but get it on Amazon, it's quicker. It'll make a very good Christmas present. It's the one about where to go to if you've got emotional baggage. And we all have mm-hmm. emotional baggage. Yes. If you're feeling lonely, angry, upset, vain um uh um tired sad it's it's all suggestions about places which are, are best for that and also worse for that as well that's important the next one is the it's a novella And it's very funny. And it's, it's quite, it's wickedly honest. And it's called the redundant travel journalist. Mm. And that I wrote that this year in March, because I realized that the travel industry would be hit harder than any other industry. Mm. And I think a lot of the travel industry are still in denial about it. um, And, and could really need to be creative and flexible in order to survive. And the other one, is to do with travel but in a sense it's to do with appreciation of travel in a completely different way and that is um the witches of richmond and the witches of richmond again it's a fictional novel but it's one of those books where you read into it and you can see um uh you can see uh, yourself in it so I, I would say i would recommend for your for your listeners the eight is end of travel the witches of richmond um it's sort of like a modern take on the witches of eastwick and um uh the redundant travel journalist which is it's uh, it's in the end you'll read it and you've got to find out you, you the reader could be the bad guy the reader could be the bad guy or the mm-hmm. bad girl it's, it's a psychological thriller it'll get under your skin which is why mm. i, I why, why i wrote it
1: Nice. Good. I love that. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to reading those myself. So you can get Sarah's books on Amazon, or would you like to give out your website as well?
2: Yes, I will. Thank you very much. And if you've got any, if anyone has any questions, just, just email me on the, on the website. Um, uh, my uh, website address is saratucker.info. That's Sarah with an H, Tucker, T-U-C-K-E-R.info.
1: Perfect. And we will put the links to her website and to her books on the show notes for you to listen to. So thank you. It has been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to connect with you again and hear more st- travel stories from your life. Thank you, Sarah, for
2: being with us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much, Anne. Thank you.
1: It's been a real honor to have you, and uh, it was a really enjoyable experience. So That's it for another episode of Transformational Travel. And if you've enjoyed this episode and this podcast, hit subscribe, follow, and please rate and review the show and share it with your friends. And so until we meet again, safe journeys, everyone.
0: Thank you for traveling with us today. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Get more information at transformationaltravelpodcast.com.